Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by the Chargers Podcast Network. My name is Steven and I'm the host as always and joining me is my guy Tyler. Tyler, what's up man? How are you doing today? Stoked man. We got a great interview for you guys. Probably my favorite one that we've done on this channel so far. Just a very candid, spectacular interview. That's next. Yes, uh, it is next. We are joined by the wonderful Chris Rim of ESPN. He was a, a late addition to the beat uh, for the Chargers this season. Um, we had a, a great time picking his brain about, you know, adjusting from Baltimore to the Chargers and everything that kind of went through this season and, and his experience covering it, moving to a new team, all that good stuff. Had a great conversation with him. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Obviously, we get to, you know, cover the, the Chargers head coaching search as well as the GM search. And um, he had some great insight on both of those fronts. Uh, Tyler, did you have any uh, takeaways without spoiling uh, from our interview with Chris? Ooh, just the process of being a reporter and then, of course, weighing experience versus being a first-time head coach. I think those two things are things you guys should keep an eye on when you listen to this interview. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. If you are a pro Harbaugh person, I think you'll be very <laughs> happy with, with what Chris has to say as well. Um, that being said, Tyler and I are fans of the team, just like you guys are. We've been given this platform and are very grateful for it. But the opinions that we share on this platform are ours and ours alone. They do not always reflect the opinions of the Chargers organization themselves. Um, at the end of the day, we are content creators and, and we create content and have a great time doing it. So, um, like I said, very excited for this one. Uh, the interview did go a bit longer than usual. Sometimes we go back and forth about, you know, coming, doing a, a, a post takeaway. Uh, so this is just going to be the interview. So again, cannot thank Chris enough for joining us. Um, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the interview. And that being said, we'll uh, see you next week. As always, bolt up. All right, guys. Uh, very happy now to be joined by Mr. Chris Rim of ESPN, a new addition and a great addition, I might add, to the Chargers beat this year. So, uh, Chris, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today, man. How you doing? Good, good. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we're, we're all very excited. You were, like I mentioned, sincerely, a, a great addition to the Chargers beat, and we've loved reading uh, your articles. And so well, we're uh, going to pick Chris's brain about kind of the postmortem of the 2023 season. We'll also, you know, ask him about some of the, you know, opinions of the the coaching and GM searches that are going on right now. And uh, really excited to dive in here. So Chris, first and foremost, I think uh, there's a lot of talk right now about, you know, the, the Baltimore Ravens and pulling from the Baltimore Ravens. You obviously, uh, you know, used to cover the Baltimore Ravens as well. So I want to ask you first and foremost, what was your mindset coming from Baltimore to start covering the Chargers? How did you kind of go about, you know, the, the whole process of, of making that adjustment and, and what was kind of your goal, uh, you know, on the Chargers beat? Yeah, well, I think leaving Baltimore coming to the Chargers, the goal is to just, you know, get through the season and get to know, you know, every player on the team, to be honest, like, you know, whose number, you know, whatever, whatever player's number is, you know, figuring who that is. Cause I could tell you, you know, when I left Baltimore, I could tell you, you know, everybody's, you know, name, number, where they're from, you know, so, but that was because I was there from training camp. So imagine, you know, it's week three and I don't, you know, I, I never, I don't, I don't never really watching the chargers, you know, I know the stars, right. But I don't know, you know, the 53rd guy or, you know, 70th guy. So that was really the biggest thing is just getting through the year, writing good stuff, writing good, you know, stories. And yeah, that was, that was really the biggest goal um, in transition. How does it work for you when you're covering a team that a lot of expectations, right? I think they're going to do well, going to make the postseason, all sorts of stuff. You know, we should be watching them this week or last weekend. 
what's it like when that team starts to clearly not be headed in that direction? How do you manage expectations? Maybe even the fans that are reading your content. How do you manage that as you start to see the Chargers maybe not headed towards the postseason, but you don't want to outright just say, ah, season's over. Let's let's hang it up. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, when when uh when that happens, every everything gets tense. Everything gets everyone. You know, maybe people who were who were nice aren't so nice anymore. Maybe you know the maybe a guy who always talked isn't talking anymore. Um, you know the and then you have to have a balance between. You know, what question do I want to ask that I need? I need to write for my story. That's you know my boss wants me to ask. And, you know, I know that this question is going to piss off the person that I'm asking it to because of how tense it is. So that's that's what it is. When the season when the season goes downhill and you're a team that it's expected not to go downhill and you're in year three and you know that your job is is on the line, um, not only from coaches, but, you know, everyone in the organization, right? A player, coach, you know, they know what's at stake just as we know what's at stake. Right. And, you know, you're asking a person with a family, with, you know, these questions that are tough and, you know, from their vantage point, you know, can seem unfair at times, can, you know, you know, at the at the basic level hurt your feelings. So when things are just tense, it's just super tense. You know, it's not a it's 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 like the, you know, the nature of the job, though, but it's tense. I think especially, you know, coming from a place that has had the same coach for a very long time to dealing with, you know, the, the, the coach on the hot seat kind of mentality. I would imagine that would be kind of a a tough adjustment as you're like, you know, you're trying to figure everything out. And then also you're like, Hey, like I've got to cover a coach who might be out of a job here in a few weeks. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you got to imagine too, like it's the, the difficult part about when I came in was I came in after, um, the Chargers had just began the season 0-2 after blowing a 27-point lead in the playoffs. Like, there's no there's no grace period for me to get on the beat and, you know, hey, you know, what are you guys expecting this year? You know, what, <laughs> you know, right. like how, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no period for me to get on the beat and just start asking, you know, stuff to, uh, you know, ingratiate myself in, like, a comfortable way, get to know people. It's just, boom. <laughs> you know, you guys are meeting expectations, you know? So that, I think that's difficult because, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, who is this guy (laughs) for one? Um, And then it's, um, but it's also like, you know, understanding that that's my job. Right. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Well, clearly, even though things were very difficult, you were able to talk to players and you're able to maintain relationships or even just keep or find a relationship with those players in a very short amount of time to the point where you're able to write what I think was the article that I think most people will remember your season, at least this season for, which was that I don't know, most recent one, but the big one at, at the end there, why a disconnected Chargers team was Brandon Staley's downfall. Walk me through the process of collecting that information and even sort of like you've already talked about, just having to be careful with asking certain questions and, and you know certain players and, and that sort of thing. Well, yeah, um, I think again, when things are tense, when things aren't going well, um, when the screws are getting tightened, people start talking. Um, you know, I think the, I think the key thing with that article to point out too, is that it's interesting is like, 
you know, his his entire Brandon's tenure, right? Like, and and I said it at the beginning, but like they were so close to success. They were as close to, to success as they were to disaster for three years, right? I mean, the third year it, it went off the rails, but you know, how many one score I don't have the stats, but how many one score games did they lose, right? You know? So it's like for for all that was reported, the disconnect, the whatever it may be, right? There's there's a lot of disc. Not not saying it didn't matter because it doesn't matter because that's why I reported it. But there are disconnected teams that win, and and this this team was close to winning, right? And I think some of that disconnect could have led to why they win, and that's kind of what I was trying to point out why this season went the way it did. From you know there's they're you know uh, a team that's going nine and eight or or you know ten and seven to what we saw this year is five and twelve, right? That's that doesn't make any sense. So I think for me. Um, coming into the locker room or coming into the organization, you know, it's a, I think, you know, I'm, I'm a younger guy. Um, a lot, a lot of the people around there, you know, we listen to the same stuff. We talk the same way. Um, we might've grown up the same way. You know, I'm from Philly, you know, if, if I'm from Philly and you're from Brooklyn or you're from LA or Detroit, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, so we, you know, we talk about the same stuff. We, we, you know, get along with each other and then they trust me to, they trust me and tell me things that I don't say. And then they give me the okay to go with things that they're comfortable with me going with, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, 90%, you know, probably 10% of the stuff that people ever read is like, what should I say? All the stuff that people read is like 10% of what I know. And I think that goes for like every uh, reporter or, or what I have. Right. Cause again, you got to weigh that balance of, what you're doing, what bridges you're going to burn, you know, the risk and the value assessment. Also, people are just comfortable saying stuff. So that, that's why I'll say that story came together. Um, if that answers the question. Yeah, I, I think that definitely does. I think, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of, um, you know, fresh feelings and, and fresh thoughts about the way things ended from a negativity standpoint. And obviously, um, you know, the charges are, are where they are right now because of the way the season unfolded. But did you have kind of a, a more positive highlight of the year for you? you? You moved to a new city, you know, Khalil Mack, you know, right away, your first game has a six sack performance. Did you have a moment or a story this season that was kind of on the more positive side, you know, of when you look back and reflect on the season that you can be, you know, really happy about, you know, being able to have that kind of connection to the story? Yeah, I think that the, the, a positive that I'll, point to is at least in, in one story uh, I it wasn't like a story that took me a lot of time but I put a lot of stuff in but the I sort of story about GIF and how he kind of went over the locker room in like two weeks and um, I, I don't know I, I, I don't know why I, I like that story so much but I uh, which is funny because the, the originally there was a, the wrong uh, cover photo for the story it was the <laughs> former quarterbacks coach so that was crazy but um I, yeah, I just, I, I think that the, when GIF took over, it was like you, you, you couldn't interview a player and ask a player about GIF and them not start smiling. Like it was the weird, like it's the weirdest thing ever. Like it's not, it wasn't like, you know, there are coaches where guys dislike and then there are coaches that guys like, but then there's like, I think GIF and Ryan Ficken are the guys who, if you ask a player about GIF or Fick, they're like smiling. Like, it's not like, they're like, yo, that guy's a good dude. It's like, like as soon as you could, Derwin was at the podium and he and he was talking about something. I think I think someone must have asked a question because it was the game 
when he played star the entire game. So, so we're asking about that. And he's obviously, you know, uh, you know, he's not smiling about answering those questions. And then the next question was about GIF and he's ear to ear, like Khalil, um, Austin, like Alohi, like, you know, so I think that that story was cool to write. Cause I was just surprised. I, I had never seen, um, people just talking about a coach like that and smiling, like in the way, like that people were. So they clearly liked him a lot. Yeah, Giff Smith, I mean, been with the team through three head coaches, three different stadiums, two different cities, been there, done that, knows a lot of these guys. What was that period like? How did you find out, obviously, about the switch? And then what was that like that first 24, 48 hours like for you and the beat writers, the locker room, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, um, I, you know, not, not saying any reporting, but I think we, we all knew, you know, I, I, I had my, my story pre-written. I had, you know, all the stuff ready to go. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know who was going to be the, the interim head coach. Um, I thought it might be Ficken. Um, uh, but, uh, give, give surprised me, uh, th that he was the, the interim just cause he wasn't something someone I was thinking of th thinking it might be Fick or, um, you know, maybe Kellen or something or something like that. Um, but you know, I think, well, firstly, just the, the period of give, I think the, the organization made the right choice. Like, I think he was the right person for the, the moment. Like, for the moment, he was great. Uh, even though they didn't win, I thought that was the right person to, like, galvanize his group, right? Like, Giff kind of feels like uh, like a Friday Night Lights type of coach, like the Southern <laughs> draw, like the – like, he was the complete opposite of his predecessor. Like, it was like, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, Brandon will give you these detailed, you know, super, you know uh, – you know, you know, long-winded answers and good, good though. Like, you know, deep into football and leaned into analytics and he felt very like a, like some type of 2030 car or something. Whereas GIF is like that old 1950s. Like he's, <laughs> you know, he's making jokes. He's going to rhyme. He's going to tell you, I don't, I don't know. Like if you ask him about the medical stuff, I'm not a doctor, you know, he just, <laughs> <laughs> he's just that kind of dude. Um, but the 24 hours after, I think, I'll, you know, you're, you're trying to, decide when you want to go to sleep or how you're going to go to sleep. You know, you're, you're, you have to catch a flight back to LA and you know, something's going to happen. So it's like the news broke and I'm, my Uber is coming to the hotel to pick me up, you know, while and I have stuff pre-written, but I still have to update some things, you know, do this and that and editors calling me. So I think Jeff Miller was on the highway, you know, I think everybody, I think, you know, pop might've been in the air. So every, you know, everybody's, um, somewhere when it's happening but you just got to figure it out you know buy the plane wi-fi or you know tell the uber my bad i need a couple more minutes or um <laughs> so uh yeah that, that was what it was like for for 24 uh for the 24 to 48 it was just trying to figure out yeah it was trying to figure out where i was going to be when the news broke trying to figure out who who else is going to be retained who's going to be let go and uh trying to come up with candidates and figure out the next steps and um, put together the story I've been I've been working on. That's uh, yeah. Tell the Uber to wait for a minute as the, as the meter <laughs> runs high. Um, <laughs> shifting gears here for a little bit, I think you know the Chargers obviously in a, in a GM search in a coaching search, and they're going to have some tough decisions with the you know the the big four so to speak of of Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. What do you what do you make of that? Because there's a lot of you know cap hell sentiments out there that the Chargers are are you know, just in a, a really, you know, uh, status of, of a cap sheet that is not conducive towards like 
hiring a, a great GM candidate and the future is all bleak and everything like that. In terms of the big four, like, what do you make of, of their situations and, and how would you uh, think that the Chargers could kind of go forward in a, in a positive manner with the big four and their contracts? Yeah, well, I, I don't know if it's – I don't think it's as bad as, as people who describe it. Like, I was in Atlanta a few years ago when, when Terry and – Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith took over, and that was, like, cap hell. I, I think they were – I don't know. It had to be close to $50 million when they took – like, they, like this was their – this season was their first year uh, clearing the, the cap hell that they were in. That's how bad it, it was. And I don't – I don't think this team is in that situation. I think there are clear steps that a GM can take to fix the roster in, in a sense, right? To, you know, get out of that cap, you know, hell quickly. Um, and a lot of it starts with the, with the big four. I think that the challenge again, like that, these are people, uh, you know, again, like that, that's, that's the first challenge, right? Like it's easy to say, like, you know, we'll just cut this person and looking at it as numbers. Um, but I do, I do think that, personnel and, and teams when you're when you're doing a not a rebuild at all but you know next year is going to be a new version of the chargers and in, in this gm's vision um you know for the first time in a you know 11 seasons it'll be a different gm you know's vision and, and uh, first time in three seasons a different coach's vision and how much of that vision you know and instilling it and instilling the culture that you want to build do you need those vets or those guys in the locker room who have been there and to, to help you, you know, get what you want to get built. And so in making those decisions, I think specifically with a guy like Keenan and, you know, even Khalil, um, I think that's when it becomes tough with them uh, be, specifically because Keenan has been here forever. Um, he knows what it, he's, you know, Philip Rivers to Herbert and he's publicly said, I don't want to go anywhere. You know, he's, uh, you know, he just had the, the year of his career. And I think that when you have a guy that good, who's been here that long, who's saying, I want to be here, you know, you, you, you figure out a way to make it work um, with, with a guy like that. Um, and I think Khalil, you know, the, the way he spoke, you know, at, at his end of the season pressure, it kind of sounded like he was, he was leaving it up into the new GM's hand, but he was also, you know, talking about, I want to win a Super Bowl. And, you know, he kind of didn't answer the question about if he, still believes he can do that here. I can, you know, I could see him, the the team, you know, wanting to send him to a, you know, a team maybe in, in a, that, that they believe is better positioned to contend next year and win a Super Bowl. Um, so I could see that happening, but he's also a guy that organized team dinners that, <laughs> that, you know, when he yeah. walks in the locker room, everybody's like, you know, this is the guy, right. Um, everybody respects him. He's a clear, you know, clear leader, right. Talking about, some of the most respected guys, I think Khalil and Keenan are, you know, one and two, or, you know, Justin's up there too, and Durbin's up there too, but whoever you want to, you know, put in that top four, they're there. Um, so those two, I would say, you know, especially the way they played last year, you're in a unique situation, might be able to trade, whatever. I think Mike and Joey, with the injuries, the the past season for Joey, and then this year with Mike and their, and their cap hits, I think, you know, a GM will have to make a decision, you know, do you want to restructure a deal again and, and push money down, down the road? Or do you want to, you know, maybe, you know, send these guys out. Um, but again, it's that, that element of they both have been here, 
but that that's how I see it. I think if I was, I think a GM would split that group up into two, and um, I think it would be some tough decisions either way. I just I just don't like the like ultimatums, like what I would do, like I would cut someone or I would, you know. Sure. Um, so that's like a running around a circle way to answer your question. No, that, that's <laughs> perfect. And it. you've been very candid with us so far. So please don't feel like you have to share every single possible thing. It's tough, you know, and the tough part is that one, you don't know when the Chargers are going to be in contention again. Is it as soon as next year? If not, is it 2025? And you'll have to ask the GMs that. And then with these players, you know, Khalil Mack, Keenan Allen, they have career years, great years. That also means their value goes up. So if you're trying to trade this player, you know, their value goes up. So it's, it's a very, very tough situation. I certainly don't envy the next GM. And the Chargers are looking for a GM who's going to, quote unquote, reimagine what it means to be a general manager and run a team and do certain things. What do you feel that could mean? Or even just what do you feel the best GMs are the ones that really innovate the process? What could they do? What are they looking for in these GMs, do you think? Yeah, that the, the word reimagined was yeah it was a, certainly a, a choice in the in the statement and I believe John Spinos was asked about it and I yeah I think he he just described it as just you know this next phase of of the Chargers and uh, you know just a just a new a new version of the team right but yeah I guess I guess in a new GM I think what you look for it's interesting. I think with, with hiring new people, because you don't, you don't know who's going to be good. Um, you know, you, uh, you can say that there are indicators, um, from a, a general manager level, you know, who, maybe who you scouted or who you've been around. Right. I think it's a lot of that, right? Like if you, if you were within a radius of Sean McVay, like at a certain point, like you might just, yeah. you might just get tapped, you know, um, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, uh, if you've been around Howie Roseman, if you've been around certain, certain guys, certain people, um, and so, and that matters, right? Because you, you know, how they think, how the organization worked and you want to implement that winning into yours. So, I, you know, I think they're just looking for at the, you know, at the basic level, what everybody's looking for, right? Like a, someone who can win, right? <laughs> like someone who can, I don't, I don't think, um, there's like, a uh, you know, Tom did a bunch of stuff wrong and, and we're looking for a guy that does like these things well, right? It's just like, you know, we're, we're just looking for the guy, right? You know, we're just looking for a guy who's going to do it well. And I think you see the people that they're interviewing and they're from, you know, organization of a pedigree with winning. Um, and I think that, you know, that shows that, you know, what they're looking for. And you mentioned those previous organizations. A lot of GM candidates this year do have ties to Harry Roseman and uh, the team you used to cover, the Baltimore Ravens. What do you think it is about the, that combination that teams could be looking for? Because honestly, like you pull up any bio of all these candidates and they worked for the Eagles, they worked for the Ravens. What is it about those two organizations and the way they operate that kind of cultivates this culture of building future GM candidates? Yeah, I think they they have a... Uh, uh, a history of sticking to what's worked for them. You know, you, you look at the, the Eagles, and that, that's like a basic way to answer it, but I think you look at the Eagles, right? Um, look at Howie Roseman's drafts, right? Like, 
he's going to draft a D lineman or he's going to draft an O lineman like nine times out of 10 in, yeah. the, in the first two rounds. And he's not drafting a linebacker in the first three rounds probably, right? And if they do draft someone else like a receiver, they're probably, they might miss, you know? So, so <laughs> you know, you look, you look at the Eagles and, and how they've won, it's always at the line of scrimmage. And they've never, they've never changed that for the, you know, since before Howie, right? It's, uh, you know, there's Fletcher Cox and then they're drafting Jordan Davis and there's Nolan Smith. And then there's, you know, Hargrave and there's, you, you look back and back and back. They've always done it that way. Then with the Ravens, you know, you want these linebackers and I want a physical cornerback um, and I'll figure out the rest. You know, that that's, I think that's how they've always been. And I think some of the best organizations stick to, to what's winning and what, what works best. And that's the simplest way to answer it. Yeah. I'm fascinated because again, new GM for the first time in a very long time. So Chargers fans sort of understood that there was a certain type, maybe at like receiver or an edge rusher that's arm length or 40 or whatever it was, you know, but now it, who knows who honestly knows what's yeah. going to happen as far as switching to, to head coach. Now Chargers fans are very Jim Harbaugh or bust. I don't think that is necessarily the case, but that's what Chargers fans seem to be going for. But overall, how do you feel the Chargers process has played out? Is there something you're keeping an eye on? What has been, your attention, what have you been, your attention been on so far throughout this whole process? Man, I think, I think they've, they've casted a super wide net. You know, I think they're interviewing a lot of good candidates, a lot of different, um, different people, uh, maybe, uh, well, I guess none that I guess really didn't expect, but, um, I guess like Leslie Frazier, you know, uh, was, was a name. Maybe I, I didn't know if he would get interviewed here. But yeah, I think the good part about interviewing is you can, when you cast a wide net and you interview all these people, you, you get to grab certain things from certain people, right? And put it in your back pocket. You know, you get to, you know, how did the, how, how does this thought process work here? Or how did guys do this there? And, you know, you can suggest that to, to your new people. Right. Um, so I think that's important. And, and um, again, I'm not big on criticizing who teams interview or who they don't interview because I've learned and I've been wrong. And, you know, my group chats with friends about some person that for some reason I was like, Oh, that's interesting that they're interviewing this person. And then that person's like a phenomenal head coach or, <laughs> or a, a opening day press conference, you know, uh, whether Jonathan Gannon or uh, I don't know, we, we've seen these opening press conferences where they look kind of, wonky and you're like Dan oh, Campbell man. biting kneecaps and it for Dan you. Yep. Campbell, mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan <laughs> Campbell. Um, you know, they they and then they turn out to be great. Yeah. So I think whoever the Chargers interviewed, I would have said it was good because <laughs> because I, I you you can't say, at least for me, I'm never gonna be like, what what has that person done to because I don't I've been wrong too many times to to say that. But I, I think the people they've but with that being said They've interviewed all people who I believe if they hired any of these people, I would say, okay. And, and I think that goes, you know, down the line. And I, I would say that that makes sense. Um, and they started with the internal people, which I think is the right thing to do. And um, yeah, so I think they're going about it the right way. Obviously the, the cycle is not over yet, but just like my perspective is that I feel like there are more interviews this time around, um, specifically of like the head coaching candidates. It feels like they, 
they said they were going to cast a wide net and they've they've done that and there's obviously a, a group of candidates that they could still interview later this week you know they have an appointment with dan quinn and, and a request with ben johnson and raheem morris that are still kind of you know waiting out there in terms of jim harbaugh what do you what do you make of his chances of leaving because obviously the fan base is is very pro harbaugh do you think that you know i, I know jeremy fowler reported today that chances are unlikely that he does return to Michigan. Are you buying that? Or do you think that he could be using leverage here to get a, a bigger payday at Michigan? Yeah, I don't, I never met Jim or I don't, I don't know him, but he doesn't seem like the type of person who would like waste his time or, you know, like I, I you know, I, so I, I don't, I don't see why he would take an, an interview if he did it, if he wasn't seriously considering it, of course, you know, there's, there's the other way, you know, he could be, but I don't, I think it's legitimate, especially this, this last season, right? You know, I think if, if you're the, you know, in his position, you might feel like I need to be done with this college football thing for a little bit. And I just won. So, you know, it's not like I need to, I have much to prove um, to anyone except that I can repeat maybe. And there this situation is a, is a is a great one, I, and that's why the fans, that's why everyone has put this together and 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 you know manifesting it to happen, and um, yeah. So I think we when you asked me like is is the hardball stuff real? You know, I think I think it is for sure, and I think it makes a lot of sense. And if 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 the you know John Spanos told uh, the the beat um, when we talked to him, you know. We have no limitations in salary or experience. Um, you know, he touched on that point. Um, and the job market might change. You know, there's Dallas might open. I don't know what's going on in Philly. You know, stuff might open. But even if those open, I think this is one of the better ones. So if if he wanted to come to the Chargers and the Chargers are serious about, you know, not being limited to anything, then they, they should get him. Yeah, well, that'll excite fans, and hopefully it does happen for a lot of fans who are very much so all in on this decision. Yeah, it is a great spot, honestly, and I think you know, if you bring in Jim Harbaugh or any of these candidates for an interview, just have like a cardboard cutout of Justin Herbert standing behind you. And just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know if your team can do that, but here's a cardboard cutout of Justin Herbert. Um, nah, it's a good pitch. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's all you needed. Cut out, cardboard cutout and a blank check. That's all you need. Um, exactly. <laughs> The other debate outside of Harbaugh for a lot of fans has been experience versus a first-time head coach. And, you know, obviously Vrabel's available, Belichick is available, but there's also Ben Johnson. And for every experienced coach, like let's say a McCarthy, who did lose this past game, um, there's a, there is a Dan Campbell, there is a LaFleur, there is a D'Amico Ryans, et cetera. Where do you, I don't know if it's stand on the issue is, is the way to say it, but what is your thoughts, I guess, on experience versus one of these first-time head coaches, particularly obviously an offensive minded head coach like a Ben Johnson. Yeah. I think it just it depends on the experience. I would say it depends what your track record is. Um, I, I think with, with Jim or Lee Harbaugh, at least, you know, it's, you know, the guy just wins. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just, like it's, it's hard, it's hard for you to, it's, it's hard for me, or I think it would be hard for anyone to say like, you know, I, it, you know, if you hire this guy, you you think you're going to win because he, you know, he what he's done every that's all he's done as as a coach, right? And um, when you're talking about a, a first time guy, if you're putting up a, a hardball to you know Ben Johnson or wh whoever you know you you like, right? It's 
you're comparing guy who went 44 and 19 in the NFL, guy who went to the Super Bowl, turned around a Niners team, guy who turned around Michigan. Michigan just won the national championship. Um, it's it's hard to turn that down um, to imagine what someone could do who hasn't done it in, in my in my eyes. And I don't I don't know if that's right or wrong, right? Because you know, uh, Ben Johnson could be I don't know, you know. Vince Lombardi or something, or Don Shuley, right? <laughs> uh, he just needs a chance. Um, but this guy already had one, and he's killed it everywhere. So I think I'm of the I'm of the view, vantage point of I don't think you could say a blanket experience is over a new coach, but when you're talking about experience, at least in Harbaugh's case, I'll take it. I think uh, you know for different coaches like McCarthy, I think that's a different different thing, right? Like his experience, it's been, you know, he's fluctuated from bad to good. It's been a lot of inconsistencies, you know, in that scenario, I might go with a younger coach, but so, so I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a blanket statement of like automatically you go young or automatically you go experience. I think that's a, a totally fair assessment there. Um, you know, we, uh, we've had a lot of conversations about, you know, kind of maybe, balancing like the new, the next thing versus the the thing that, you know, and I think that could apply to, you know, the, the GM search, the head coaching search. Um, but either way, we're excited to see obviously what comes should be an exciting, you know, next week or so for the chargers. And uh, we're thrilled to, you know, read how you uh, cover this approach. So uh, Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Where can chargers fans go and find you and maybe uh, a sneak peek of some uh, upcoming stories that you might have. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm on Twitter at Chris Rim one K R I S R H I M one and uh, threads. If you're on there, Chris Rim, <laughs> trying to get my threads up. I don't nice. have a lot of followers on there, so. Um, but yeah, that's me. And uh, moving forward, you know, I was working on this thing about Justin's uh, how he's growing as a leader this year, and then he got hurt. So, at some point, I think I'll have that coming. And then um, I got some other stuff in the can. I don't want to say, but. Yeah, we got some stuff coming. All right. All right. Can't wait to see it. Uh, Again, thank you so much for joining us today. Chargers fans, uh, cannot recommend Chris's work enough. Please go follow him. Show him some love. Uh, He's been a great addition to the beat, and we are uh, very excited to uh, visit with him later on. So, Chris, thanks so much, man. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.